Welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman Podcast Season 6. We are now officially live. Alhamdulillah. It takes a few minutes for it to roll over to all social media accounts, but we are live. Alhamdulillah. I'm super excited. So as you guys come in, for those that are joining the Dope Muslim Woman Single Experience, welcome, welcome. We are back for season six. I'm so excited of the Dope Muslim Woman Single Experience. And um, for those that are here, drop your salams. We would love to see you. We would love to greet you. Please share the podcast. It means a lot to us. Walaikum salam. Hey, Pat, thank you for being the first one. We really appreciate you. Um, again, welcome back to season six. This is your girl, your host of the Dope Muslim Woman, Sabria Mills, and I'm super excited. Um, anytime we start a new season, I always like to start with some energy. Walaikum salam, guys. Hey. Um, I like to start with some really good energy, whether it's a little bit of art, some poetry. Um, but this time I said, you know, mashallah, I poured a lot into this new season. This is dedicated to singles, the journey, and beyond. Okay. Um, and I wanted to start in the purest, most authentic space for me, which is with the incredible women in my life who speak life in, to me, who encourage me, who are there for me, who are there from the beginning. So I wanted to just welcome, um, I'm going to introduce my sister, Saudia. You could do a wave <laughs> to the show. Inshallah, they're opening up the show for us. My best friend, Veronique, also a co-host. She co-hosted a, a, a many episodes with us. One of my closest friends, Medina, who's also co-hosted and been an expert on our show many times, and my sister, Yasmin. Everybody say we twins. <laughs> so, alhamdulillah. So I'm just so happy to have them here. Of course, we're going to have, mashallah, our amazing, our amazing expert, Coach Rakin, is here. The relationship coach is in the building, and he's coming all the way from the UK, guys. So um, we're super excited and humbled to have him here on the show. But first, I just wanted to open up and, and just connect a little bit. Um, it's season six. It's season six. Um, I remember, I want to say, Veronique, maybe you and I, we did the first episode. We did the first episode, right, of the Don't Muscle Woman? Okay. Remember we did an episode that was, it was not a live, right? It was just a recording, me, you, and Majida. Remember right. that one? Yes. <laughs> it was an audio podcast. It was when we were just audio, and it was called Dope Friends. The, the Yeah, about the aspect of how do you be a really dope, connected friend. So Veronique has been here. Veronique, what's, what's been one of your favorite shows since we've launched? There's so many. Um I always think the polygyny with um, Sister Z was was I know you know that was a that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, that was talk the truth about plural unions, girl. That was a mess. Yeah, but that was a really really good episode for sure. But I thank you so much for being here, Alhamdulillah. In Saudi, I know we did a podcast. You know, I was just thinking about this today. Didn't we do a podcast on divorce? That was my first podcast on yeah. divorce with you. Yeah, yeah. I was so nervous. I was like, <laughs> and it was like three years. So I think I was like two years divorced then at that time. Yeah. So um, I was fresh. I was like a newborn baby out of the, you know, right. divorce scene. So yeah, but it was good. It was good. That was a really good episode. We talked about a lot. We talked about like yeah. the, the the issues that come with like the financial fears that yeah. come as soon as you get a yeah. divorce and co-parenting. Yeah. Girl, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a trip, mashallah. And Medina, we did. Um, oh my gosh, we did. Um, when women lose themselves in marriages, do you remember the title? We're talking about when you lose yourself in a relationship. That's the one of the maybe like episode four or five, right? That was right. really. Good. <laughs> yeah, right. I need to go back We've and watch that because <laughs> we, we actually did a, a number of um, episodes together, so. I mean, they're all, there were awesome good ones, awesome ones, I should say, and all good ones. Um, yeah, you know, you know, we try to bring it. <laughs> For sure. And my, Asha, <laughs> she's, Medina's like, always say she's like my therapist friend. So Alhamdulillah, she, she's going to drop a gem or two before she gets off of here. And of course, I have Yasmin, who's always been here from day one. Yes, do you have a favorite show do you, that you remember? Um, I'm... I like all of them. I don't know. So many in particular, so many of them helped me throughout my journeys in my life. So I don't have one in particular. I'm just always here to support. I like them all. So keep it going. 
Alhamdulillah, she's a real one, mashallah. Alhamdulillah, I'm just so glad that you guys are here. I did want to start off the Dope Muslim Single Experience kind of on a serious note with you ladies. And I just wanted to ask you guys the questions and then, you know, kind of excuse you guys to bring on Coach Rackin. Um, please, audience members, this is very interactive. We want you guys um, commenting and we want you guys asking questions. Um, there will be opportunities throughout this experience to join the live, not tonight, but in many other um, in the future shows. We want to make sure that you take use of this. Um, but I did want to kind of just drop some knowledge here in regards to just being single and why we are dedicating an entire single to this journey. People are like asking, like, what's up with that, right? But the thing is, is that we are in a new era. We're in a new time. Actually, people study trends that um, happen over time. They're really fascinated. This is the, the first time in history where the amount of single people outnumber the amount of married in this society, right? And so we have the largest amount of single people ever to exist on earth during this time. So this is a really new era epidemic and we have new challenges that come with it. And even like I said, marriage relationships, all of this is shifting as culturally we shift and it's really interesting, right? So I wanted to just share with you guys, um, you know, a few statistics and, and, and a little bit of information here. But as relationships, living arrangements, and family life continues to evolve for American adults, a rising share are not living at all with a romantic partner, and they're definitely not getting married. Right now, roughly four in 10 adults between the ages of 25 to 54 do not have any type of partner. They're completely single, all right? And this is a 10% in increase since the 1990s. So we've increased significantly. Um, so right now they say approximately about three in 10, uh, three out of 10 people that live here in the United States are currently single, um, which is one of the, like I said, it's never been the case of this many single people, especially people that stay single for extended amounts of time, people who never marry in the history of time. So this is a new era. Um, this is a new like kind of epidemic of our time. And, you know, subhanAllah, I wanted to just kind of talk about the journey, talk about the journey of singlehood. And even for many of us who are married, I just also, this, this, this podcast, this show is for you guys as well, because it really talks about the journey of self. It really talks about us being able to develop ourselves spiritually, emotionally, mentally. We're going to be tackling so many issues, de dealing with economics, dealing with how we are parented, how we are parenting, um, so many issues that are really facing us here we're going to be tackling during this season. So I want to just ask, I'm going to start with you, Medina, if that's okay. Why, what do you notice? Why do you believe that we are having such an issue right, with people just no longer wanting to get married, especially our young people? I think um, that's actually a great question. So I've been thinking about this because I was trying to figure out how do I show up in this conversation with that? Because I've been married 18 years. So mm -hmm. the last time I was single was a long time ago, mashallah, right? So, so, um, yeah. Um, so I um, wanted to take another perspective. I wanted okay. to look at the psychological perspective. I think um, if people are not thinking of marriage, commitment, relationships right now, I think it could be two things. One, those of us who are married aren't really showing what a good marriage is. Just because we've been married so long does not mean that we are actually showing what it takes how to get through it, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that, that there may not be good examples that people are seeing. So that's one. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, I don't, I don't know if it's really that people don't want to be in a relationship. I think we all want connection. However, we don't want to deal with the foolishness that comes with that when people are not ready for relationships. So, um, so in saying that, I think we got to be better. We got to show up better. As, as single people and as married people. Okay, go ahead. No, I think you made me think of a point because as I was kind of researching this, it was also there is also a correlation between when we talk about this rising number of singles, also with this extended adolescence that we see within our young people. People being, you know, the forever immature, not fully developing, you know, selves well into their twenties and even thirties, and and so we have this like extended 
period of development of our developmental stage of adolescence that's happening to a lot of our youth. So there's also a connection there. And you bring up a really, really good point, as you mentioned, like just getting ourselves together. Um, so I'm going to pop over to you um, just, you know, as someone who's kind of navigated this journey yourself. Uh, why do you think people are choosing to stay single? Well, you know, um, I have to co-sign on everything Medina said, you know, um, I was even thinking like when I was married, like how much did I show like, you know, like promote like good married life, you know what I mean? Probably not at all. So, but also I had, uh, I was looking on Facebook earlier this morning and um, Sister Nyla Clay, yeah. she wrote something that I thought was like really, um, that just really resonated to me. She said, uh, when you get stuck, it's hard to find your way out of the emotional maze. You look for ways and words to get beyond your knee-jerk experiences. And then she wrote, we're not ourselves when we're triggered. We become who we think we need to be to survive. Mm. And when we're constantly being triggered, our identity can start to slip away because our personality and values are constantly getting hijacked by fight or flight reflexes. So for me, and you know, it could be just my point of view, but I feel like this is what's going on with a lot of us. And I know sometimes with me, I'm like, oh, he probably got some foolery going on. Mm -mm -mm, I'm out. You know, right. I do that. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I'm like, if he's not coming like straight up and it's not looking, you know, I do that. I, I fly. I, you know, I run. I'm like, Oop, nope. Yeah. So, and I feel like sometimes we, um, you know, our, our, like our personalities. And I'm like, I'm such a nice and giving love, you know, kind of welcoming person. But I feel like all these different triggers and the trauma and things like that, sometimes it's like very guarded. Like, Ooh, I don't want right. to go through that again. I don't want to be, you know, homeless. I don't want to be this. I don't want to do that again. I don't want to be hurt again. You know, so we put up all these walls. And so, you know, lately you've been seeing like a lot of, of people, I'll say people, yeah. <laughs> Muslims, um, putting up posts that are like, it's just not beneficial to, if you're on a, a Muslim group, in a Muslim marriage group, but you're saying things that are the opposite of it. It's not helping, you know what I'm saying? Oh, women just want to, you know, find men that can take care of her. And we, the men, we look for love or stuff like that. And I can see, but that's probably from trauma. That's probably mm. what, you know what I'm saying? So I get it, but you know, yeah, you yeah. Know so I, I feel like that's a lot that's going on nowadays. So, Absolutely. It's yeah. layered. And that's yeah. why these conversations are so important because mm -hmm. it's it's really layered. There's a lot um, beneath it. And there's yeah. often like what I noticed, you know, when I was navigating this sort of time is that there wasn't really enough support. And there was a lot of kind of like scratch, kind of figure it out on your own. And when anything that becomes a societal problem, especially as Muslims, it becomes a communal obligation to navigate and help support it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To help fix and rectify social and societal issues that plague our community, especially things that keep us from being, you know, adequate um, believers and functional members of our society. Mm -hmm. um, so Veronique, I know you've been here, you've been rocking with me with so many different conversations. Um, what, what, is, what is one thing that you can highlight or, or notice as it relates to just what's kind of happening, the trend? I know you work with young people. I know you hear this all the time. I'm not getting married. What 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 what's your take on it, especially amongst the youth? So the first thing I thought about when uh, Medina was talking, um, when she was talking about like not having that display of good relationships, just myself, I I find that I don't promote my relationship right because I don't want you know evil eye. I don't want people to think that everything is good and there's no bad points. So I really refrain from like posting anything about my relationship on social media. Yeah. Just just in that regard. Um, as far as people not getting married, especially younger people, I think we're in this um, time of like self, self-care, me. It's all about me at this moment. And just really trying to connect with ourselves before going out and stepping out into that space. Like just really being in tune with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I was speaking with um, a sister who's been divorced for a while and she was telling me that you know she has found peace <laughs> at this time right and she doesn't want anybody to destroy that peace or come and mess up that peace so it has to be somebody who's very you know <laughs> ready and you know not going to disturb that peace that routine that lifestyle that she has 
you know, so it's hard to kind of find that kind of person when you are settled. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thank you so much for that, Veronique. I totally agree with you. Um, yes, yeah, just as a final point, Jamila, um, Jamila Bashir said the lack of maturity I feel comes from being enabled to not have to do because they aren't required to do, meaning that people are um, really not people are we're in an age where nobody's taking responsibility. Nobody, you know, people are being enabled. They don't feel like they have to do the type of work our parents did or our grand grandparents did. Do you agree with that statement? Do you kind of you kind do you kind of see that trend trend? Um, I definitely do. I definitely feel like the easy way out is just to quit. I feel like sometimes people don't want to put in the work because marriage takes work. But the easy thing to do is just, you know, not put it in. And with today's society, social media, music, everything, the whole thing is one red flag, I'm out. Like, that's like what's promoted. But sometimes it's okay to put in the work and actually make it work, too. So we got to let people know that's okay, too, just to fight for it. So. Absolutely. That balance. And I love that you said that because we were talking about this as we analyze this conversation. We can say like, yeah, it's really great that we became knowledgeable about things like that were abusive and things that weren't good as it relates to staying into situations that were not healthy or good for us. And knowing that we have that choice um, in Islam allows the choice of marriage, you know, even though we know it's not a preferred choice, but we've went far. Like you said, where it's like, oh, the first thing is like, uh-uh, I'm out. And like Saudi mentioned, this sort of flight response. It's like, it's a trauma response. We're gone. Yeah. So um, I appreciate this, ladies. I appreciate you guys giving this quick kind of analysis and just kind of checking the pulse of what's going on. And basically what you're telling me is that we have a lot of work to do this season. So <laughs> thank you, ladies. Any final words? For our listeners, any any advice for me as I navigate this journey with everyone here? I did want to say I'm not against marriage. I am very much, you know, I'm, I, I want to promote love and I, I love hearing love stories, all of that. So I don't want to think like I'm like, everybody be single. No, it's not that. It's just that sometimes when you're in whatever space you're in, enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and get closer to a law, whatever space you're in, whether it's married or single. Just focus Absolutely. on, you know, also making sure that your relationship with a law is intact. So because that's the main thing. That's so, the main yeah. thing. Absolutely. Good advice. Good advice. She's not anti-marriage. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, ladies, for being here. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys so much. Thank you for supporting me for six seasons. I appreciate you guys. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. Assalamualaikum. All right. I'm going to take my ladies out the screen. Oh. And I am going to humbly add my guest. Assalamualaikum. Walaikum assalam wa I gave you no warning. How are you, coach? Alhamdulillah. I'm well, thank you. I really enjoyed that, actually. Listen to you enjoy that? Sisters. Yes. Listen to girl talk. <laughs> girl talk. Yes, good. This is what we do when we sit around yeah. the table with our coffee okay. and our tea. We kind of unpack it, you know? Mm, yes, <laughs> yes. Alhamdulillah. All right, you guys, alhamdulillah. So this is the component of the show in which I get, I have the honor to interview, mashallah, this amazing brother who's all the way based out of the UK. So I think it's like midnight there. So we're going to be very respectful of time this, this evening. But um, Coach Rackin, and is, is it Fatuga? Am I saying that right? Yeah, yes, perfect, perfect. Okay, yeah. alhamdulillah. Okay, he is a relationship life coach who specializes in supporting couples, who are having difficulties in their relationships. He uses solution-focused therapy, which allows him to investigate the issue, find out what they what, what, what those issues are, and then move forward from there. Coach Rockin is also the arts and creative director at Rumi's Cave. Um, he's been an educator with 24 years experience inside the British educational system as well. In that, he has taken up many roles, including head of year and head of the department. He's also an amazing public speaker. He runs several different platforms, alhamdulillah. And um, he also, because he really works hands-on with couples, especially when things aren't always going right, he's really developed a knack and skill for being able to help and facilitate and support people um, in this journey before they even get into the arrangement. So he has a good scope of that and good lens based on the work that he does. But I wanted to officially welcome Coach Rackin. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. 
How are you feeling, brother? How's everything? Yes, I'm feeling really good. I'm doing that. Yes. You know, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about our conversation, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Alhamdulillah. I'm so, I'm so happy to have you here. Mashallah, I had the pleasure of, um, he runs um, a platform on Clubhouse of joining him there. We're talking a little bit about good mindset, New Year's with several other coaches from the UK. So it was really nice. Alhamdulillah. Really nice. Mashallah. Yes, we're very happy to have you. Thank you. And we hope we're going to you know, get you back again as well. You know, yes, it's really good Shala, to have your, sure. have your point to be. For sure. Okay, alhamdulillah. So, Coach, you really got an idea of, of, of just by the way I introduced this, of why I decided to take on the Dope Muslim Single Experience. Actually, this idea, just to give you a little bit of history, was brought to me um, by several of my single friends. And um, they were saying like, you know, and they, and they have been talking to me for a while. Obviously, I'm a behavioral coach and I've, I've worked with many of my clients, many of them navigating singlehood, um, navigating partnership, marriage, et cetera. And really speaking of this really challenge and this interesting age and time where it's almost like it, it's people are not really even sure how they're navigating finding the right partner. Are they ready? We're in the era where we're developing ourselves. We're trying to be better human beings. We're really aware and conscious now of healthy versus unhealthy, functional versus dysfunctional. We're more keen on these sort of things. And now it's becoming a little bit more complicated as we look for, um, for lack of a better term, the one, right? So, mashallah, we've navigated this conversation quite a bit, and we will be navigating and unpacking so many issues here this season. Um, like next week, we're going to be tackling just hope in general, just the concept of hope, right? Um, and navigating and shifting kind of that mindset from fear to hope. But I did want to ask you, based on your experience working on working with couples, what are some of the key indicators that you've identified? Um, of a person that's potentially ready for partnership in marriage. Okay, so uh, first of all, for someone like, who has done the work, and so what, what I mean by someone who's done the work, someone who's done the inner work, who's worked on themselves. And this is really key because I find sometimes people, they go into a relationship and they don't even really know about themselves. And it's important right. that they, they kind of like work on themselves, know who they are, and also even if they have like really close and sincere friends who can actually talk to them, you know, about, you know, what they see in them, what they need to work on and then work on that. So even if you haven't got a coach, uh, if, if you haven't got a counselor, if, if, if you have a close friend, you can uh, get some advice and then work on that. So that's the first thing to so work on themselves. So and can you find I interject that the, here? Coach oh, yes, can I interject just on this concept because I think it's important. When we say like work on ourselves, I think this is something that is creating some um, dissonance amongst people um, mm -hmm. because it's relatively, I wouldn't say it's a new concept, but um, people are really challenged. Some people are challenged with this concept, whereas mm -hmm. it's like this idea of kind of self-development. And mm -hmm. I see more women kind of like running a therapy and running a coaching you're a brother, you're a male coach. Are you mm. noticing that the brothers are inclined as well? Uh, yeah, to yeah. this kind yeah. of era of self-development? Yes, yeah, um, the brothers are inclined as well. I think also it's quite interesting because people that like, also like um, know about more of the spiritual side of Islam, they understand yeah. the idea of like, um, you know, like the, the ego, and you know uh, we're, we're, we're batting against our ego, and we have certain yeah. you know qualities that we need to work against. So you know, brothers, you know they they are um, uh, happy to work on themselves, you know, and uh, and it's actually really 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 important because you, you'll find that if brothers don't work on themselves, okay, that can yeah. lead to real issues in the marriage, and we see that. Uh, I see that where you can see some brothers. Why brothers in particular? Why brothers in particular? Why brothers? You mentioned brothers in particular. Why brothers in particular? Will that if they don't work on themselves, it will cause yeah. issues in the marriage? Well, well, to be honest, to be fair, I mean, it, it, it is for brothers uh, and sisters as well. But the reason uh, I just like because I've been working with some brothers, and what it is is that if they don't work on themselves uh, inside the relationship, it's gonna, it becomes uh, issues come up. Like for example, terrible communication, 
uh, you know, controlling behavior, you know, all these sorts of issues that come up. And sometimes uh, the reason why working on something is so important because like even as Muslims, you know, we know Rasulullah sallallahu he, uh, once he made this dua and he was saying to Allah, Ya Allah, make my, uh, beautify my insides like my outsides. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that idea is that, you know, like work on your, in your inside, so your inside becomes beautiful, you know, so you have like, like something that is so beautiful in a relationship is compassion. Mm. You know, having compassion, uh, being forgiving, yeah, and being able to listen. And also, you know, if you're wrong, being able to admit. And these things, you know, some that they take time, especially because uh, sometimes we, we can learn a kind of Islam, which is kind of, uh, which is sort of like, you know, like you're wrong, you, you, you're, you're wrong, you're right, you're wrong, which doesn't work in a relationship, actually. Right. Because in a relationship, it's not really about wrong and right. It's about unity. It's about, OK, how can how can we you know bring that equilibrium where we're working together? We're moving forward together. That's what we need in relationship. And that's what um, uh, we're not seeing. Mm, subhanallah. Um, OK, your second point was another yes. key indicator. Also, uh, just to add on to that as well, you know, if the reason why I say someone to work on themselves as well is because if you have issues, like for example, if you had another relationship uh, and there were some issues in there, for example, I don't know, stuff from a lot of things, somebody cheated or whatever, or uh, using a toxic relationship. And so uh, now you're divorced and you're getting ready for another relationship. You're going to have all of this baggage and like, uh, like you're going to bring into that relationship unless you work on that. So that, this is the real reason why we need to work because we bring a lot of baggage into relationship. And for example, imagine if you've been in a if you've been in relationships where you, you've really been abused because you had terrible partners, you won't even be able to see when you have a lovely person in front of you. Yeah, you know, You're actually and, and resistant. That, yes, you'll be resistant towards that. Absolutely. I wanted to I wanted to ask really quickly as it relates to that, because that's really important. When we talk, we hear this concept of like baggage or bringing things over. And sometimes people don't really know what that means, right? People don't really know, understand what that means. But like every, you know, sort of anything that sort of occurs us, anything that is difficult or traumatic, it actually impacts the way our brain processes the situation. So mm -hmm. a lot of times we think, oh, I'm over that. It didn't really matter, things like that. But it can really be like, we can have residual effects of that yeah. in our relationship. So what are you suggesting for people? Let's just say someone's got a divorce. They were in a really tough situation, tough relationship. When we say work on ourselves, what are we talking about here? Okay. So we're talking about, first of all, like, you know, Hamza, as Muslims, uh, first of all, kind of like, you know, build that relationship with Allah first, you know, yeah. go back to that, have that reliance on Allah, have that to walk on Allah. So that we, we go back to building that. You know, alhamdulillah. And then, uh, and then we can like, first of all, go back and analyze uh, our relationship. Look at the things that, you know, you know, uh, went wrong in that relationship. What were they? You know, look at them and then learn from that. Okay. And, and you know, it's, uh, when you're in a relationship, it's no one's fault once you're in there. You, you, you can't blame yourself for being in that relationship. But what you can do, you can look and learn from it. Learn from all of the, um, you know, the bad things that went on that relationship. And once you've uh, you, you, you've learned from this, okay, and then start really, you know, like thinking about um, uh, what do you want? You know, what do you want? What are you looking for in a good relationship? Okay, alhamdulillah, we, we, we know uh, the deen of Islam, it, it tells us um, uh, you can marry for many things, but like to marry for deen, but like, right. so what are the what are the actual qualities that you're looking for? Uh, that, that that would be good. And one one of them uh, is definitely what I always talk about to all of my clients is communication, good communication. I'm so glad you said that, brother. And I'm gonna just say stop you right here because this is important. When Pete, we hear this so much, okay? We hear mm -hmm. have good communication, the key to a lasting relationship is communication. And all of us were nodding our heads like, okay, yeah, definitely. But we don't know what that means. Communication mm -hmm. is a skill, 
right? Mm -hmm. And if we did not adequately learn how to actively listen, how to adequately respond, how to pro like how to how to process, how to communicate, how to put words together, how do I take all of my emotions and the fluidity that comes with that and be able to put that in sort of a concise statement to communicate my needs to my partner? Those are skills. And yeah. this is one of the things I was stressing. I heard this on a TikTok and I wanted to get your, you know, on a, a quick TikTok, but they were saying like mm. marriage is actually marriage require it's a skill. It's mm. not just relationships, dating, courting, all that. That's cool. When you're in marriage, these mm. are like it it requires a skill set. And mm. I think sometimes we think, okay, we just want to get married. I gotta, you know save myself from the fire but it's like do you have the required skills so can can when you say communication and we're talking about the skill of communication we are talking about what let's just say for many of us here in these states we didn't adequately learn how to communicate how to communicate our feelings we weren't in homes where talking was allowed how can we navigate that and as far as when we're talking about getting ready for being a suitable partner right okay so first of all um right to have good communications because first of all we're starting as you said rightly emotions could always get in the way and when you're feeling really like emotional and you're getting and you're really hot and stuff you, you can't really communicate well first of all good communication has to happen when both of you are in a calm state right so and, and this okay we could take this from the dean the idea of like you know don't get angry but no, so when you are in a calm state, both of you are in a calm state, this is where good communication can, can happen. And and it, it can start off by saying, okay, um, well, we need to talk. Can we sit down and let's talk? And then there's a way of, uh, when we uh, just say clearly what the issues are, it's important that we state the issues without being rude or blaming the person. Just talking about what are the issues and say the issues clearly, what is bothering you, okay? With, and without abusing a person. And you know, because, because once you start abusing that person, then exactly. right, the wall goes up, there's not good communication. But right. just being clear, saying the points, like for example, you never, you know, um, when you come home from work, you don't spend any time with me what you do, you, you, you come home, uh, you, you put the TV on and there's no communication. The, the, the only time you talk to me, you say, where's my dinner? Then afterwards, there's no communication. Right. So you, you, you make the points clear. When, you know, um, uh, there's no, we don't have time to, uh, to spend together, you know, without any disruptions so maybe that would be without any phones uh yeah. Any, yeah. just time to actually talk one-on-one -on -one. okay we, we right. never have any that kind of time we need right. to so uh, i'm hearing need... what you're saying in your example is is that instead of saying you did or accusing it's better to reframe that in communication right where it's yes. more of an i statement or i'm yes. attacking the problem not the person yes. that's what i'm hearing absolutely. you say absolutely right. so absolutely it's a skill. i learned that in my 30s I'm absolutely. Telling you, I learned absolutely. that in my absolutely. <laughs> I was accusing every, <laughs> everybody, you know, I, and I was yeah. wondering why. Okay, why is this guy totally shut down? Like he's just, mm. especially when we like accuse men. I don't know. I feel like it's just like a complete shutdown. But it's like it's the manner in which I'm communicating. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Coach Rockins, I want to bring you back really quickly to this. Um, I you know, want to talk a little bit about mindset because we spoke about this prior mm. and, you know, because, you know, you know, we are in an era, like I said, where we're looking at what's healthy versus unhealthy. And a lot of people are saying, a lot of people have shared with me as I took some surveys before deciding to do the dope Muslim single experience that um, they, if this person isn't the one, if this person isn't super healthy, they don't want to be bothered. Right. So basically the minute that someone shows a red flag, they don't want to be bothered. I wanted to really talk about, um, you know, the traits or the difference between a healthy versus unhealthy mindset um, when you're looking for a relationship. Because I do think we've went to some extremes with this. Like we want perfect people. Mm. Um, 
So what's a what's a what's a good balanced mindset to have when we're navigating like you know looking for a partner? Right. Okay. Uh, I would say that first of all, someone who is in a good place mentally and emotionally. And this is something that is very key. They know themselves. And as I said earlier, you know, they, they've worked on themselves. So they've done that inner work. Um, they've had certain uh, negative traits and they worked on them. To give you an example of that, you know, we want somebody like uh, who's generous, um, patient, has empathy, uh, kindness, uh, someone who is on, honest, equality. So someone who's really uh, open-minded and also e extremely fair. Um, open communication. So we need to, that communication is going you. And also you don't feel, uh, you, you don't feel scared to put your point across. You're in a relationship yeah, you know, yeah, you're like you know, you're not walking on eggshells. You say how you feel, okay, and, and it's it's fine. And, and whenever you, you you say something like that, it's taken well. Okay, this is something which is really important as well. Um, romance, romance is so important. Well, what does that mean, Coach Rockin? Okay, so this romance, it could be, uh, you know, like going on dates. It's like you know, going on, going out, going to. Uh, restaurants, going out, maybe going to see a movie. Right. So uh, I, I understand. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to just make sure I'm asking the question correctly. So I understand that the concept mm -hmm. of like certain things people do when they want to be romantic. Yes. But like when you like, okay, I, th I feel like there's a, there's sort of sometimes a difference in maybe how men may view romance versus women. That's what I noticed. Okay. And again, you're in the States, okay. you're in the okay. UK. So you guys okay. might be totally on the romance um, okay. bandwagon yeah. over yeah. there. Yeah. We're, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> we're a little bit different <laughs> over here. Um, but I do think there's a different concept as it relates to, you know, romance or to identify. And sometimes some men have expressed that we're unrealistic with it. We want, you know, a fairy tale. We want something, a fantasy, something we're seeing on the movies and that's just not real life. That's not real marriage. Um, and so, you know, when this, this concept of being, you know, romantic, when you're actually looking for this quality in a person, you may not, while you're courting, be able to go out on dates and do all those things that may step outside of the scope. But how can you tell that mindset of a partner, that this mindset is inclined to being like romantic and gentle and, and have that side of them? And that that is, yeah, because I mean, like, that is a definitely a, a conversation that has to happen, you know. Right. And you know, like, what do you, you know, what do you envisage us doing in our spare time? That is definitely like a question that needs to be answered, and the person needs to give an answer, you know, a, a good answer, and uh, a, a little pushback on, on the people saying that, uh, you know, we're watching the movies and stuff. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's not actually true because that's to go on a day like to a restaurant or, or to go to a cinema or even to go and spend some time, you know, in the park. It's not, it's not a lot of money, but right. it means a lot in relation. It means a lot. And also, you know, the thing about these relationships, right, is that we need to work on them. It's like everything. You know what happens? The biggest problem that happens in relationships is that people, you know, they stop working. They've been married for years. Even me, I, I've been married for so many years now. Right? But, you lost uh, count? Uh, no, 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 20. <laughs> I'm say, well, I'll get killed. No, I, I've been married for like, um, oh my God, nearly, uh, I think now 30. 30 years, Tabarakalava. 30 years. And even me, I'm years. learning. So it's really great because I'm learning all the time. I keep learning, I keep learning. And also what I've realized about relationships is that what people do is that like, they don't realize that we need to keep working, keep working on them. Just like everything else, we, you've got to keep crafting. And what happens is that people let go. They let go, they're like, oh, you know, and just take things for granted. And this is a big problem when we take people for granted. Okay, so all of these are uh, things that we should be looking at a relationship. And also as well, uh, we talked about um, romance, the mutual respect is their trust. That trust has to be there. Rock yeah. solid has to be there. Absolutely. You know?
and then also as well like you know with like the um, sexuality and also like you know the bedroom decorum so now that there's so much knowledge on this where people can learn about themselves because for example i've had some uh clients where you know there's been no like there hasn't been like you know regular sexuality the the uh, love making happening in a relationship like there's been gaps of like you know like three months and i was like no this is no intimacy three months but yeah no intimacy yeah what what, what's going on here you know so we have to work on that so definitely so, so those are things that uh to look but also the unhealthy side uh that you should see so when you're dating someone or you're looking into meeting someone and these sort of things should be looking out for that kind of controlling someone who wants to control you that's the, that's a red flag yeah someone wants to control you um and also someone that um has no patience you can see there's a real lack of patience right because in, in relationship we need someone that has patience and also a, a lack of tolerance okay uh, and and can I add in on that, Coach Rocky? Because yes, I think yes, this is, yes. it's an important thing you said. Because um, I don't want people to not understand what you're saying. Because when you say lack of patience, lack of tolerance, I think sometimes people get caught up and they think, well, this person is patient and tolerant with me, especially in that initial sort of like, you know, honeymoon phase. They think, like, oh, this person is showing this to me. But if you notice that they're impatient with the waiter, that they can't handle mm-hmm. traffic. Yes. And, I mean, like everything is just, that is a key indicator yes, of their yes, bandwidth. Yes, 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 Right? Absolutely. So it's not just about how they're dealing with you. How are absolutely. they navigating? Yes, absolutely. yes, yes, absolutely. And also oh. anger as well. They're quick to anger. This is a this is a real a real red flag. You know, they're quick to anger. And, and uh, sometimes, uh, like, this, it can be worked on. It can definitely be worked yeah. on where you can become a calmer person. But someone that's quick to anger, yeah, that's someone to, something to look at. It's a red flag. It is, for sure. It really is. I love I love that you said that. And, you know, Coach Rackin, one thing I wanted to pin, pinpoint really quickly when we talk about the unhealthy, because we are living in an era now where, you know, we're in an age where there's a lot of, like, facades. I was just Mm. talking and tackling with my colleagues because we were, you know, we deal a lot with the young people. And so we were talking about, okay, like, what type of, like, initiatives and educational opportunities we can offer our community as it relates to the age that we're living in, where everybody's operating in a space of, like, virtual reality, right? Mm. So people aren't living in the actual reality, real time of what's happening. And because of that, it's becoming easy to create these facades and and this Mm. image of who you want people to see you as. And Mm. people are drawing people into relationships because now a lot of people are meeting online. Like that's Mm. just the reality. That's the time Mm. we're in. We have to navigate it. So they're not, they're pulling people into these relationships with this facade of who they want to be. So also I wanted to say, when we talk about this unhealthy, like uh, unhealthy traits we identify early on, how can Mm. you tell or kind of be able to see through that mask that people Mm. are wearing? Um, Mm. One of the things, if I can share with you and you can maybe share one thing with me is like a lot of times if people want to like bond with you excessively in the beginning, like, you know, Mm. I love you. I always want to be on the phone with you. I want to like super red flag. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there other things that may be an indicator that shows that this per- person may be really de- deceiving you as to who they really are from the onset? Mm-hmm. Right. OK. Yes. Yeah, so the one that you mentioned, the love bombing, you know, love uh, bombing. Uh, what, what, what you were saying there. Yes, absolutely. That, that's a big red flag. But funny enough, one that I would say uh, is actually it, it's much better to, to try to meet in person as well. Thank you. Say that again. The, it's much better to meet in person. This this um, social media is really um, it, it's really it's quite destructive actually. Because for example, as we know, when two people sit down together, uh, yeah. there's more communication that goes on, um, which is nonverbal. It's about I think seventy percent nonverbal and about thirty percent verbal. So you, you you pick up on the keys. You pick up on is this person really interested? In are they actually taking? Are they listening to what you're saying, or are they? kind of like on the phone all the time and just, you know, and you can actually see them. So it's really important 
and uh, you're right because social media is so easy to hide, you know, um, and people can pretend to be uh, someone that they're not. And also, you know, one of my uh, young clients, who's a young male, which I, I, I learn a lot from him actually, talking to him, but he, he was explaining to me that he finds that a lot of uh, uh, sisters that he's met online, a lot of them, they don't even want to get married now. They, they, they're like, um, we can have a short relationship, you know, then we can see how it goes. And he's thinking, so where, where, where's the, the so, idea of marriage? Hold on, Coach Rockin. So wait a minute. So you're, te you're telling me that brothers are saying it's the sisters or they're experiencing sisters that yeah. are you saying that the sisters are given an impression first that they want to get married but they really don't is that what you're saying yeah and and actually to be honest it's both ways as well it's brothers well, i know it's both sisters. ways but i yeah, haven't really ways. heard it was a big issue with women doing that yes it, it is an issue yes it's an issue of that as well with, with with sisters as well because you know this is the thing is that there are some sincere brothers who, who they just want to get married they're very nice you know and and this is the case they always say that they're really lovely calm quiet nice gentlemen they find it difficult to, to find a partner but then like the kind of the more kind of thuggish kind of man it, it's very easy for him to everybody wants to marry him not realizing that what is good for you is that nice timid one you know he would look after you and he'd it, it, make your your life beautiful but this thuggish one's going to be a nightmare for you but you know um, and that is kind of the ideas that we get from the media. We look at the media and then uh, they they give us the ideas of what we should be looking for when it's actually the opposite of that. Right, right. So a lot there are a lot of sincere brothers, but they're being overlooked. Yes. I, I, I do know that. I know yes. on this platform, many express that. And right. I think there's, there's this idea out there amongst the women, because, you know, I got I hear a lot more from that side where they're like, yes. there's no good brothers to marry or all the brothers are unhealthy. But I'm like, no, the loud ones. That's yes. what, but you're not even noticing the, you know, the brothers who just kind of like just in the community, they're just silently doing work, taking care of yes. their families. Just, I mean, you know, but they're not being, they're being overlooked. They've been or overlooked, treated, yes. Or not treated night or not treated the best, right? Mm. Kind of kicked around. Mm. Okay. Yeah, subhanAllah. Um, okay, Coach Rockin, I'm gonna we're gonna be wrapping this up really soon, but um yeah. I did want to talk a little bit about, you know, because a lot of the people that we're talking here, they've been married before and they're deciding whether they want to start again or not. I think you heard the sister before said that she has her peace now. Um, you hear this a lot amongst women where they're opting not even to get remarried at all. They don't think it's worthwhile um to you know kind of be in a state where they have potential for heartbreak or have to deal with a lot of unhealthy things but how can a person restore hope after heartbreak right okay the concept of being open okay I'm doing that. yeah you know uh uh okay there's a few things first of all we will alhamdulillah we start with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so allah make dua to allah focus on allah and ask Allah to heal your heart. This is the, the first thing and the most important. Again, as I've been saying earlier, that do that inner work on yourself and never give up because sometimes uh, your best relationship, it could be your second, third, or your, even your fourth marriage. And right. in the Muslim community, <laughs> we need to get rid of the idea of stigma around divorce. We really need to move this stigma away about divorce. Okay, it's, it's interesting in some communities, uh, like for example, like in Mauritania, which is quite interesting. In Mauritania, the the more that a woman's been divorced, the more that she's desired in the community. So it's really? a complete yeah, it's a complete opposite. So when she's you know, she's been divorced a few times, everyone's rushing. Um, uh, what's to what's behind her. that? It's I, I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's the idea of like uh, the, the experience or it's very interesting. I don't know. So, so then the women there is so totally, you know, she, if she feels fed up with you, she, she doesn't mind, you know, just saying, you know, I, I don't want to be with anymore, let's get divorced. Because she knows that there'll be others running to, to marry her, which is total different uh, society compared to what we have in, um, in the West and probably in, in, in America as well. Okay, so to do that in a work and, uh, and know that, you know, the right person might be just out there waiting for you. And sometimes 
maybe your third marriage, maybe the third marriage is going to be your best marriage because, and then, and you know that because you've been in relationships which you, you suffered so much and all of a sudden you've got this really lovely person who just wants to do everything for you and you're like, oh, subhanAllah, look at this, mashallah. Uh, and, and then you, you'll really appreciate. So, you know, never give up hope because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has it out there for you, inshallah. And, I, and, and you know what, Coach Rakin, I, I really appreciate you saying this and I don't want people to think that you're being kind of cheesy or cliche because this is very, very real. You know, I've been, you know, divorced, <laughs> definitely. Right. And, um, you know, mashallah, just, you know, kind of being able to just kind of follow what Allah guided me towards and just being always open. And I was just telling a lot of my listeners just the concept of just surrendering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and submitting to his will, you know, and that takes some stuff. But when you do it, Allah tends to guide you and, um, you know, just navigating to, you know, sometimes you just never know like that, that really sweet spot relationship or that person where it just, oh, it just, just totally clicks and makes sense. You know, it, it could come after a whole bunch of muck and heartbreak. Mm. And I mean, because, you know, we don't put limits on Allah's mercy, right? Mm. Or even what he has for us. And so I love that you said that. And um, I, I, I hope more people understand that his promise is very true. Absolutely. Absolutely. His his promise is very yes, true. yes. Yes. I never give promise. up hope. Never give up hope. Never give up hope. So it, um, Brother Abdulkhalik said, truthfully, most people are nervous and scared of being hurt or even committing. This is very real. Yes. This fear. Yeah. Overcoming this fear, Coach Rockin. What do you what do you have to say about mm -hmm. that? Yeah, you know, uh, it is true. A lot of us, you know, uh, uh, get hurt in relationships, but know that, and that can make you become, you know, like pessimistic and feel that everyone out there is just like, you know, like trash yeah. or whatever. But there were there were still good people out there. Just heal and just move on. And not and not everyone's the same. But learn more, spend more time in just like um, getting to know, you know, the person. I'm, I, I'm someone that says, look, you can spend a little bit of time getting to know the person. Don't rush in. And also with that experience that you've had in the past, you'll be able to look out for, um, you know, uh, red flags. Sometimes you will go into a relationship. Sometimes, you know, it, 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 you, it, it's like a little bit, not, not gamble, but it's kind of like, you put your trust in Allah and you go into a relationship. Okay. Yeah. As long as you have actually, you, you've checked, you've done your work, you look for, you've done inner work on yourself. And now you're, you're, you've checked out for the red flags. There hasn't been any, then, you know, you go in, but then, and you work hard on your relationship. If, if in the end, right, uh, you've tried everything, you are working, you are being patient, you're doing all of this and it's not working and it ends in divorce. Even though, in the Ardeen, it says that divorce is hated by Allah. It is something that is there and it's fine. It's fine. Nice. And we need to remove this stigma because one of the worst things that can happen is someone who's been, uh, has been physically abused or emotionally abused, okay, and, and she stays in that relationship, okay, that is, Allah would never be happy with that. Because yeah. what we want, we want everyone to be, you know, happy. And if you're, not, if you're in a relationship that is not good, you need to move out of it, okay? Yeah. To, because during the time of, you know, what was interesting, and many of our scholars have really spoken about this, is that during the time of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, marriage divorce was not taboo at all. Absolutely. And some of the greatest Sahabas married and divorced a lot. Yes. Actually, and it had yes. no really weight on their piety or rank or station with Allah. Um, and so that's really interesting because a lot of our ideals now, they're westernized, colonized ideals, but we really kind of hold them and judge people for it and make people feel shame for it, but they're not even from us, mm. right? And, and and so, and it hasn't really been working or serving us, but subhanAllah, um, it's, you know, it, it's, it's really something that's a powerful phenomenon. Um, I wanted to also say that... What brother Ali shared, he said, I don't see Muslims rushing to marry a lot, marry a lot of divorced sisters with kids in New York. There are many. So here, oh Coach Rockin, 
Yes, yes, yes. Now this is a, this point. Okay, okay it's funny because I'm always, always, always banging on about this. You should go and marry the brothers in the community. They should marry the, the sisters that have been divorced and they have kids. You know, you know. And this is our deen. This is our deen. Because Rasulullah sallallahu his first wife was Khadija radhiyallahu anha, who had been married before. Okay, he was he was happy and. He was so happy, he didn't even marry anyone in that time when he was with Khadija So, you know, we, we should learn from that. And in our community, where we have lots of sisters that are divorced, the men should rush to marry them and, and, and stop running, you know, you want to go and marry the, you know, the 22-year-old uh, and, and you're leaving, you know, the, the sisters that, that, are, that have been divorced, that have kids, go and marry them. And this should be encouraged. And it's interesting, in certain communities, Instead of our Muslim community, it's even worse. Like, for example, in the Indo-Pak community in our country, it's really sad because when a sister gets divorced, then she, no one wants to marry in her community. Nobody. So she's going to stay like that, which is terrible. It's wrong. And we need to talk yeah. about this, you know, and change the mind states. Yeah, I had a roundtable about two two days ago with it was several of us. Us, I was you know an African American sister. There were several several from the Desi community, Arabs, etc. We were all talking about this, and they were all they were all women. They were all collectively sharing their experience, and they were saying, "We know, like we tolerate a lot more in our marriages because we know once we get divorced, it's it. That's it. It doesn't matter. I'm 24, 25. Like I got divorced. Like that's it. My options are slim to none." And that is really, really something that is um, interesting. And and here, Coach Racking, like I said, I know you're in the UK, but I also know mm. you're up to speed. You know, there is sort of this language and it's kind of like a Kevin Samuels, Andrew Tate, little bit of culture dynamic, a little bit um, that's brewing here and where they relate a woman's value to like how many kids she has and all of that. Like they basically, a woman is less valuable if she has children, she's been previously married. And a lot of, you know, a lot of us were kind of taken on this mindset as well. And But in all fairness, it is a, a response, you know, there are extremes on both sides. So sometimes, mm. you know, as women, we're also you know, maybe expecting a whole lot of things on our side and maybe, you know, not meeting our men or being fair in that regard. And then there's a response. So it could be a lot is layers to this. I want to be fair, mm. but that is definitely a very common conversation here. In the right, States. right, right, right. Is it common in the UK? That we, um, uh, it is, it is a very common conversation that we're having in the UK. Yes. You know, and it's okay. interesting because I was talking to one of, um, one of my teachers and he was saying that he, uh, when he was, uh, he went on a Hajj, and it was just like him, and it's just a lot of imams together, and uh, a lot of them were, were from the uh, uh, from the uh, India Pak community. And he was, and they were talking. They were saying, "Listen, you know, I love all of you for the sake of Allah, something, something. But there's one problem that you have in your community, and is that when the women get divorced, okay, nobody wants to marry them, and they all put their head down." I said, "It's true. It's true." Yeah. You know, so this is an area that we we really need to work on as well in our community because uh, if if we don't mind them, um, um, then we're leaving them out. Uh, you know, uh, and something really bad can happen to them. Absolutely. You know? mm, well, they could mm. go to Mauritania, as you mentioned. Oh yeah, so yeah, go to Mauritania. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they'll be oh. snapped up. <laughs> Quick. Okay. Uh, okay. So Sister Shakur, she said, I'm coming, I guess she means out of a 30-year marriage. I'm going back and forth with myself whether I'm ready to remarry or if it's too soon. So someone who's been married a really long time, I do know that there are extra layers to this with that transition. How can she sort of be able to determine if she's ready or if it's too soon? Mm. Well, um, if you if you've actually kind of like definitely take some time to reflect, um, you know, like do some work on yourself, do, do some uh, inner work because of course after thirty years when you've actually been in a relationship, then you're you're used to a certain way, and it also depends about how was your relationship as well. What was going like? Okay, so you've left the relationship. Um, uh, was there a lot of baggage in there? Do you need to do a lot of work on yourself? First of all, because once you have done that, if you feel that you're in a positive space, okay, that you've learned from your relationship 
and uh, you know you're ready to go into a, another relationship, then it's fine. I would say as well, if you do have like um, you know, uh, someone that you can work with, do that as well. Do that to make sure that you're in a you know a right space of mind. But I'm very happy to hear that even though you're coming out of a relationship, that you're ready to go back in. That is something that's very positive because usually when people come out of relationships, some of them, they turn off marriage completely. So that's very, very right. positive. Right, mm. right, right. It's a positive um, thought or just being open. I'd say just being open. Yes, being um, open. Being open to the possibility because it's, it's okay if you're single and you decide that. On this experience, we want to make sure that we are not pushing either position here. We... Yes. we encourage what Allah encourages point point yes. blank period um that's our best most perfect model so we won't be encouraging anything outside of that but people who are just navigating their singlehood journey and doing it well um in the way that Allah instructed us to in that state then you know we're all for it and we're here to support it but at the same time for people that do want to partner up because I do want to mention something and it's not to be sort of pessimistic but as we end I did want to say that there has been a significant amount of research done as it relates to, um, you know, the actual outcome of people who decide to be unpartnered for a long period of time. They mm. actually have, um, they have major, they've been studied just like, you know, in comparison to their part, to, to their counterparts who have decided to be married or be partnered, even if it's the second or third marriage, as you mentioned. Yeah. But statistically, people who stay unpartnered for a very, a longer time overall, I'm not saying in every case, but they can be a lot more, um, they can have a lot more challenges as they kind of mature and get older as it relates to social and emotional health um, and well-being. They have a lot of, you know, sort of broad social implications, um, economic challenges, um, you know, uh, and, and just sort of a lot of little sort of layered problems that have been studied across the board. So we do want to emphasize that there is some wisdom in it. There is there is wisdom in it. And, um, you know, there, there's effects, there are effects as a result of whatever decision we decide, especially if it's for the long, for the long haul, and ultimately along those best. Have you looked any, into any of that research? It was a little fascinating to look at the trends, especially when it came to like social and emotional well-being of people that decided to just literally stay single for like significant yeah, I've read, I, I, I read um, you know, some material on this. And what I've found interesting also from my experience is that uh, people get set in their ways. Yeah, they're not growing. in the their ways. Yeah. Yes. And they get used to a certain way of doing things, especially people when they haven't been married before, they get, you know, they get used to like, you know, everything in my house is done this way. I like to do everything like this. Then all of a sudden for them to get married, and to bring someone else in, it, they have to get used to like sharing and, you know, uh, and, you know, like, OK, maybe we need to sit down and discuss the best way to do things, compromise. Right. Yeah, which but when you're living by yourself, there's no compromise. You just do what you like to do. OK. And so, like, um, when they're, I've met some brothers who haven't been married and now they get into like, you know, like their, their late 40s. 40s. Yeah. Late 40s, 50s, and they've never been married. And then for them now, uh, they're becoming extremely fussy, you know, and also unrealistic as well. Unrealistic. So you get them there, they're 50, and they're looking at someone who's 22. Why are you looking at someone 22 and you're in your 50s? Right. You've just been single too long. Just You've not... been single too long. Absolutely. Yeah, I've seen that. I have really seen. And I like that you said that they do get fussy because I definitely. <laughs> <laughs> meaning like really that like the social emotional well-being isn't you know up yeah. to par with their counterparts who have chosen um that have chosen to to be in partnership and it's not easy i can mm. definitely attest to that myself but you do grow that is one thing yes. I can say. Yes. you have yes. no you have no choice but yes. to evolve yes. constantly yes 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 <laughs> Subhanallah, Subhanallah. This is beautiful. I really appreciate this conversation. Alhamdulillah. Uh, um, you know, it, it was really, really insightful, um, Coach Rakin. And I appreciate the work that you're doing over there um, in the UK, helping couples stay together. Alhamdulillah. It's beautiful work. May Allah put a lot of barakah in it, inshallah. Amen, amen. Jazakallah for having me. Alhamdulillah. It's really nice. Uh, and you carry on doing all of the great work that you're doing, mashallah, alhamdulillah. Okay. Uh, 
I appreciate it, Coach Rocket. And I think each and every one of you, thank you for this opening conversation as we talk a little bit about, um, you know, am I, you know, am I ready for love? Um, and this sort of conversation as we talk about singlehood, as we talk about marriage, as we talk about, um, you know, the decisions that we're making and how we're making them. But as we navigate this, inshallah, moving forward, we're going to be talking talking about a variety of different things. And one of the things that is coming down the pipe next week, inshallah, Ta'ala, we'll be talking to a mother and her daughter. Um, both of these, and Coach Rocket, I'm sharing this with you, the mother as well as the daughter had kind of vowed to not get married. Okay, so the mother, as a result of, of, you know, she speaks really publicly about a very painful, difficult divorce and the daughter who just saw the pain of her mother and said, it's not for me. In fact, the, the daughter was on my podcast called Why I Don't Want to Get Married. And so we're actually bringing these two on because their mindsets, their spirits, where they're at has completely shifted. A lot really shifted oh. their hearts and they oh. both. Yeah, mashallah, they both kind of navigated this and got to another space. Mashallah, the mother is remarried. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And so we're going to talk about hope after heartbreak. Um, and I'm really looking forward to having this layered conversation as we talk about just our intergenerational patterns, the things I we pass down from one generation mm. to another and how we begin to shift that. Because everything we do matters because there's a generation underneath us that's watching it, that we're providing the patterns for, for them to, or the model for them to follow. So this is really deep, important work that we're doing now. And the decisions we're making matters. Would you agree mm. with that, Coach Rackett? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. And that's a great story as well, mashallah. You see, yeah, it's and, a, and that, I, I love that as well. Beautiful, the idea of hope is really important. We all need to have hope, you know? Yeah, yes, subhanAllah. Yeah, the concept of hope is really, um, really amazing. And we know that when we navigate from that space, we're really, really kind of looking at our at, at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a way of, of like, he's an abundant, merciful, compassionate mm. creator, you know? Like I mm. said, so we don't put a limit on his bounty, yes. you know? But we come from fear, we limit yeah. our creator and we limit what, you know, what he offers. And I always say like his promise is true. You know, yes. he promises us he can replace that which isn't good for us for that which is better. Absolutely. And I really believe in that promise. <laughs> Jazakallah. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Thank you again, Coach Rakan. I appreciate you guys. Inshallah, I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thank you for joining the Don't Muslim Woman podcast. And inshallah, until next time, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh.